0: Hello everyone, welcome to this podcast on business philosophers and the first episode is on the late Mr. Sajid Danani of Taj Group of Hotels and Barbecue Nation who was the pioneer of casual dining service excellence. We have with us Mr. Shirish Joshi, an eminent business consultant who has put a case study and who's amongst us to share the insights of this case study on service excellence. Welcome Shirish to this first episode.
1: Thank you Rajesh and congrats for starting this series. It's always a pleasure to talk about late Sajid. Thank you. Great.
0: So uh, just to put it into perspective, uh, Shirish and I commend you for this, is to come out with this case study of Indian origin business leaders. The interview is both about the competencies which Sajid addressed of both leadership and management together. Shirish, the first question is that your entire case study which you documented is about the Sajid Garana. Now, Shirish tell us about the Garana which Sajid developed, which became the cornerstone of reinventing Sayaji hotels and the barbecue brand.
1: Rajesh, let me talk about the philosopher businessman first. You might have heard of a guy called Plato, a Greek philosopher, who had conceptualized a very good king as a philosopher king. Absolutely. Similarly, I always of Sajid as somebody who is not just a businessman but a philosopher a businessman who had a distinct way of looking at business society relationships and so on so that's how i looked at this word philosopher businessman. fantastic coming to gharana i find that uh, what Sajid created was not just a set of companies as in he have, of course created sayaji group of hotels he created barbecue nation but in addition to that, what I find that some of his brothers took over that concept and they got into some other brands of a similar nature. Two of his disciples, for example, one of his CEOs uh, has created something called Absolute Barbecue, and many other people have done it in their own way, learning from Sajit. So it is not just about these two companies, but it is about this whole way of looking at business the principles behind it and the practices emanating out of that. To use the IT terminology, it's like he has created a business platform, not just a product on which people can do a different model of business than what was the prevalent model of business. Fantastic. As
0: per your case study, the tenets of Sajid's philosophy come has its roots in the religious belief of the Bhakti movement, as well as from Islam, where we talk about a Sufi saint. So do you want to talk about how that influenced the customer-centric behavior and the ethos of what he built?
1: Yeah. So, first of all, to understand what Sajid did, we need to understand what is the prevalent theory on the service business. So some of you might have heard of a theory called movements of truth which is a western originated theory but what this theory says is that in any service business it's an airline or a performance business or a Disney world or restaurant or whatever the employees of the company come in touch with the customer at many points of time right from the way you book a ticket in an airline to the way your luggage is taken when you leave the airport And the whole emphasis of the theory is that each of this movement of interface with the customer is a movement of truth. And hence, this every movement has to be, what should I say, designed and managed. Correct. Now, I don't know what was the intent of the original person who created this theory, but what it became in practice is that people believed, or the people who were doing service business believed that the behavior conveys the feelings and hence if the behavior is managed we can give a consistent experience. So they went on designing these experiences and they went even to the extent of saying how much wide the mouth should be when you laugh or or how many degrees you should bend Etc., etc. So, there's a whole concept of movement of truth which kind of governs or that's a paradigm of most of the services businesses that we know of which are successful and so on and so forth. Now, in the background of this, what Sajid did was something very, very different. He believed that it is not the behavior but it is the intent or the intention behind the behavior. In other words, if I have an intention of wanting to greet Rajesh, yeah. my intention will reach Rajesh if my intention is genuine. Right. It doesn't have to be done in one particular fashion or a one standardized fashion. So more spontaneously I allow myself to express my feelings. The intent will reach the customer or the other person. Now this, I was I, I tried to search this, where is this coming from? And then I realized that in the Bhakti movement, for example Maharaj was a guy called Sokha Mhira, okay. and he's you know, his creations talk about that even if the Bhakti is not the best looking from an outer way his intention matters okay. even the sufis and al Ghazali has talked about the intent and the sincerity of the banda okay. so i believe that it came from these kind of philosophical moorings Those Sajis did not specifically talk about them but more and more i go into it i found that this is the source of his whole way of thinking which is very different from the prevalent theory of moments of truth. And
0: to take it further, what I keep hearing is the kind of what we call as robotization of behavior, which yeah. the kind of best practiced in customer service. And this is an absolute different way of looking at it. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. In fact, I, I recollect that when we were about, uh, you know, when we were saying that I should work for him after a few meetings, I told him that, Sajid, I have not worked for any hotel or a, or a hospital or a, or a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So he said, that's why I want you, because I don't want (laughs) the so-called best practice which are there in the current industry. I want to create some new set of practices and hence I want somebody who doesn't have the baggage of the industry, you know. So his conviction was very, very high that he wanted to do something which was different from which was the practice at that point of
0: time. That is what we are talking about, you know, people who wanted to kind of move away from the crowd and, you know, set a very, very different kind of a paradigm shift and what they believed in. Great. So talk to us about uh, the takeaway of both for corporate leaders and startup founders on culture as a competitive advantage. So when we have heard about selfless service, which is very idealistic, and we are talking about creating this friend's place, which you have also documented very well. How is it possible to scale this kind of a customer experience without a standard operating procedure
1: as it is personalized both for the customer as well as for the employee? All right. So let us go uh, step by step. So the first thing is that uh, when we say culture as a source of competitive advantage or the culture as a source of strategy, uh, what I mean is that in the Sajit Gharana kind of uh, hotels and restaurants, uh, people don't go there for the food or people don't go, there, don't go there for a particular taste. For example, if I am entering paradise biryani, yeah. I am going to paradise biryani because I like the taste or the aroma or the smell of that particular biryani. Okay. But when I go to a Sajid Gharana place, I'm not going there for a particular dish. Mm-hmm. I'm going there for overall experience. Okay. Now what is that experience? That experience is about this spontaneity with which the staff uh, kind of greets me, pampers me, looks after me. And I feel as if I'm at home. I can be what I am and I don't have to pretend to be somebody for example, a formal dining. I land up pretending to be somebody, right? Because I have to be in line with the restaurant's way of uh, functioning and things like that, right? But in Sajid Gharana, I can be myself as a customer and I can be myself, and the person who is there on the other side, the frontline staff, they are themselves. And there's an the interaction between two genuine people who one is trying to help, uh, one is trying to serve the other. So this whole concept, how will it come alive? It will come alive if and only if the culture of the place, the backend culture of the place is of a certain type, which will result into this unique, personalized, individual experience. In this Ajit Gharana, every customer is a business segment. So it is about customerization and not mass customization or not working for a segment of customers. right? So, this is where, unlike some other sources of competitive advantage, which could be in sourcing or it could be in the way you collect money or the way you market it, here this particular competitive advantage stems from the fact that barbecue nation or Sajid Gharana companies are run in a particular fashion and hence they land up giving a unique experience or a friendly experience to the.
0: Yes. Fantastic.
1: And for the benefit of the audience
0: uh, who is listening to this podcast uh, from Shirish's case study is that the values which Shirish has kind of brought out, the six core values of what Sajid believed is being genuine, customer centricity, team centricity, ownership, innovation and passion. So that kind of clearly demonstrates that he brought this as a binder to the workforce irrespective of which strata of the society they came from. Great.
1: I think let me clarify about the values piece of it right now every company claims to have values and nothing wrong but many of those yeah yeah, but many of them them are more for publicity reasons than for actually really implementing them but in the case of barbecue nation, values are so crucial that they are the bedrock of the culture got it because if I am basing my whole business model on spontaneous behavior yeah I cannot create SOPs spontaneous behavior okay let me give an example so in one particular situation a particular guest had some whatever stomach upset or whatever he puked okay now the The guest uh, associate went to him and he cleaned him. Now, the guest was in tears because he said, My son or daughter also may not do this for me, which this person has done. Correct. Now, this is not something which was taught to the waiter, quote unquote. Correct. This is something which he did on his own because he thought that I must do my best to serve and make the customer happy. Now, how will you achieve this? Correct. Because there are no rules and regulations, or there are no training programs, or there are no pre-standardized movements and actions etc etc this can happen if and only if people who genuinely believe in serving are empowered and are given a particular canvas or a context in which they can operate so there what we are saying is it is not a specific thing but values will kind of set a limit or they will push you or nudge you to work in a particular direction. And that's why values were so crucial and important in Sajid Gharana as the very basis, instead of SOPs, it's the values which govern the behavior of people. Very good. So,
0: uh, to put it into perspective, uh, you know, in your case study, you talked about emotional labor, you know, the strain of projecting cheerful and happy emotions and we did talk about robotization of behavior. So, how did Sajid walk this fine line of uh, you know, getting employees to deploy their mental energies and focusing on the customer. Can you bring out some insights if this is practical and is it beyond the hospitality industry?
1: Yeah, so so typically they say that in the so-called manufacturing industry, people have physical labor. In the IT industry, they have intellectual labor. Correct. And the service industry, they have emotional labor. Emotional labor essentially means that I need to project emotions of happiness, etc., etc., when I don't internally feel the same. Yeah. Like an actor has to do in a drama, for example. Now, what we find in Sajid kind of platform or Sajid Karana is that people can afford to be genuine. Got it. And if they have something, they can share it with their colleagues, etc. etc. So they have to put up a face in front of the customer. Right. Part one. Got it. Now, secondly what we find is that uh, the whole culture or the whole set of employee policies are conducive to this kind of behavior. Got it. Strategy, the review, the training, the HR policies, all come together for promoting this kind of unique culture, which then makes the customer feel that he is at home. There are some very interesting uh, episodes in uh, the whole Sajid Gharana, Cases. For example, if you go to Sajid Gharana restaurants and you say, I want chili chicken without chili. Okay. You will get it. Okay. Because the belief is not in serving quote unquote authentic food. Okay. The belief is that if the customer is defining chili chicken as something without chili, so be it. Got it. Right? So it's not about the quote unquote best food or the most authentic food or unique signature dish of the restaurant. But it is about making the guest personally comfortable and be on his own as a person and celebrate the way he wants to celebrate spontaneously along with the staff of the restaurant. So this whole business model or this whole business strategy is very fundamentally different from other strategies. What we
0: talked about from customer focus or being customer centric. And I think there was also one anecdote of a police official. You want to talk a little about it?
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, see, all companies that I know of uh, talk about, you know, being loyal to the customer. Correct. But many times what we have to ask is how many customers are loyal to the company. Correct. Right? And that's the real test. Fantastic. So, in Sayajji Hotel, once it so happened that one senior police official kind of came at the last moment in the, in the hotel and of course he demanded to stay in a suite now obviously there are very limited suites even in a in a big hotel correct so they did not have an empty suite now this news went to one of the guests in the suite who was who was a regular customer and then he told the restaurant general manager saying that please vacate me from this suite and give this suite to this police official and i will stay in a normal room because Entertaining this police official is important for your hotel at this point of time. Now, I have not heard this kind of a story. That's true. People talk about their loyalty to the customer, but the fierce loyalty of the customer to the brand or to the company is created because of this genuineness. And these four or five values that uh, Sajid kind of conceptualized, at least four of them were very visible and people were... Train for values and train for values to a great kind of extreme extent. For example, uh, in a restaurant kind of thing, people will tell you how where to keep the glass. Correct. Right, right hand side or left hand side or front or back, whatever. Correct. So the instruction in nation was that keep the glass where the customer wants it. If he wants on the right, you'll keep on the right. If he wants on the left, you'll keep on the left. Correct. Okay. Right. So. I mean, of course, there was some culinary uh, training there or some service training there. But every time, everything will be conveyed or everything will be seen through the prism of values. Correct. And values were deeply ingrained through the process of acculturation and through the process of socialization. And in the initial stages of the whole company, because if you want to make it scalable, the values should become a part of everybody. Correct. Now, how Sajid achieved this was that in the initial days of Sayaji or Barbecue Nation, mm-hmm. any decision which really tested the values, yeah, right, was taken with lot of discussion. So, if this is a situation, this is a situation we are confronted with. Now, these are values. How do we apply these values? Correct. And he has taken very tough decisions. Got it. For example, I recollect one of the values is integrity. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the business managers or the restaurant heads once took an advance from the customer to entertain or do some employee engagement activity. Okay. Now he had not taken the money for himself, he had taken money for employees. But that was not as per integrity value and he was kind of punished. Got it. So values were so important and the real taste of this came through when once the, the then CEO of BBQ Nation had a very peculiar situation to face. So once what happened was a customer Shouted at the employee Okay Now it's a dilemma between customer centricity and team centricity Correct. So what the CEO did was he kept on asking the customer Sir, why did you Got it And finally the customer sheepishly agreed That he should not have de- done what he did Got it Now this is really kind of a tightrope walk Which the CEO walked Because he had inherited or imbibed the values And not an SOP or a behavioral standard Now that's how the values permeated Every nook and corner or walk of the business and so on and so forth that's why it became what it became
0: absolutely wonderful so Shirish, my next question is there must be something done to sustain the customer centricity and you mentioned in your case study about the GSI, the Guest Satisfaction Index, as a process. Can you talk to us on what it is and what are the implications on employee engagement and reward?
1: Right. So I think let us use this as an illustration just to see what's the connect between the culture as a competitive advantage and values and practices. Right. So GSI stood for Guest Satisfaction Index. And this was something which was done by calling 20% of the customers every day. Okay. was rigorously followed for last even now it is followed i'm told in the various restaurants in the Sajid garana okay right and then there was some limits say for example 85 percent was the limit so the gsi should be above 85 percent now in the service charge distribution of the employees so customers pay service charge and that service charge will be distributed to all the Uh, what should I say, the frontline staff as well as the chefs and so on so forth. So, in the distribution of the service charge, what was was important is that did we receive, did we reach a particular threshold of uh, GSI and what was the individual performance of the employee. Got it. Thus, the employee realized that what matters to him is customer satisfaction, not boss satisfaction. Got it. On the other hand, when we talk about the uh, managerial staff, The variable compensation was designed and in the variable compensation, 45% of the weight, the most significant weight was given to GSI, not to profitability because the assumption was that if the GSI comes through, profit will be a function of that. and then it was said that if the customer is not satisfied you are free to do whatever you feel like to make the customer happy so if so, if you realize that the customer is unhappy people have gone to the houses of the customer and invited them back and variety of things whatever they spontaneously Felt like. So, there is a connection between these two. However, I mean, we also made one mistake at one point of time. For example, you know, just as GSI is there, there is an employee satisfaction. And employee satisfaction was as important to us as the GSI was. Got it. Now, what happened was that uh, there used to be questionnaires uh, which said that how are you treated, etc., etc. And there was one question asked specifically are you given a gali? Gali means are, are bad words used for you and if we find that a particular restaurant manager was using bad words he was reprimanded and finally at one point of he was sacked in one situation now the background to this is that in the in the service industry or the restaurant industry or the hospital industry the frontline staff is treated badly correct the distinction here is if they are treated well they are treated like family members they will treat the customer accordingly and hence it was taken seriously. Now, the issue was that we at one point of time felt that the employee satisfaction should be added as one of the parameters in the variable compensation. Correct. But then what we realized was that restaurant managers started telling the uh, frontline staff that if you rate us low on this, our restaurant as a whole will get bad marks. Okay. And then we realized that it should be used as a parameter for improving but not as a parameter for measurement. Measurement. Because parameter for measurement, if it is done, it will distort the behavior. Got it. So we change it. So the point I'm making is that the human resource policies, the business policies, were all aligned at these various levels so that it becomes replicable. Because barbecue restaurant today I think has more than hundred and thirty restaurants, the absolute barbecue has forty-five restaurants and things like that. So going on that big a scale requires that it should become scalable. And this scalability was achieved by ensuring that these various elements are connected to one another and the management at various levels, such as the review or in their behavior. For example, if I'm talking about customer centricity, even if Sajid's relatives come, they will get a second priority over the customer. Okay. So the boss is emitting the values through his behaviour and that is visible to people. On the other hand, for example, if there is a value deviation, the employees were allowed to contact Sajid and after he died, his wife has taken over that role that you can directly write to her or you can phone her that there is a value violation happening. and there will be a deep inquiry done and value violations found out. The person will be sacked. Got it. So there is a there is a reward and there's a punishment at various levels. There's a reinforcement at various levels, training at various levels, which puts this whole thing together, and that's why it's sustained and flourished.
0: Which means that you're clearly talking that there was an employee value proposition, which often gets talked about today. And Sajid seems to have clearly understood the importance of customer focus and employee focus, respectively, which is why that kind of an engagement was possible with the employees and also navigating in different situations. And would would I be correct in saying that the attrition was managed and was far more lower than the industry?
1: Yeah, yeah. So let me again go back here. For example, when we were doing behavioral event interviews of you know what is who are successful employees, etc. Correct. Uh, there was one very interesting case of a person uh, he said when he was a small child in the school uh, after his food I and mean, he has eaten his food he used to go out of the house and look for somebody to whom he can feed every day now if I have a, a behavior like this or a story like this it's easy to appoint somebody like this as a service manager Correct. because he has the core attitude for service Correct. other things can be trained Correct. so what we found is that if you are selecting people for the right attitude then knowledge and skill can be given and the right attitude was not there the person will get thrown out of the system very fast because it's a very rigorous work lot of work. Correct. And what we found is that the attrition was primarily because of such mismatches because there's a limitation to which you can assess people at the interview stage. Correct. And we selected people from very poor backgrounds, from poor states, because attrition was again a concern that if I take somebody from Rajasthan or somewhere where the tourism has a high potential, such people will not stay. So we went into rural areas, selected people, got them, inducted them properly. For example, in our induction program, first two days, for example, we'll to induct them in the city. Like what is a metro? How to take money from ATM, comf- make them comfortable as human beings, and then we will induct them as employees. Very good. So the whole approach was very different in terms of the employee proposition. And since the employees is intrinsically like what they are doing, we don't have to have artificial employee engagement stuff for them. Okay. In HR, if this, the jobs are very boring and then you do artificial engagement. right? Okay. So can I select people who like those kind of jobs? Is there an intrinsic match between the kind of person, the employee, and the kind of job which is being offered to him? If that match is there then automatically things will follow. This whole employee proposition is connected to business on the other hand and permeates through the entire life cycle of HR right from selection, remuneration, whatever, placement, appraisal, and so on, so forth. Fantastic.
0: So finally, coming to the last question, Shirish,
1: the leadership style at various
0: levels can be termed as nurturing task leader. And I think there's a term coined by the late Dr. J.B.P. Sinha to explain the Indian leadership model, which largely emanates from the egalitarian culture which is the current norm. So, how does this leadership style connect with the egalitarian culture, like hierarchy, etc., which is which is part of the you know Indian culture? And how is this different?
1: So, I mean, it is quite fashionable, and the IT industry as a whole has brought egalitarianism in the uh, in the workplace. So, like. People will call their boss with the first name and no, hierarchy is paid down and so on and so forth. Now the important thing here is that leadership style should be a function of the nature of business that we are in, the nature of people who are working there and so on and so forth and it is not necessary just to ape something because that's fashionable to do that. Now, if you look at the restaurant business, the restaurant in the middle of a city where many things can happen on the spot and you cannot reach there. So it's almost like a ship in the sea. Got it. So what the head of the ship is, is what the restaurant manager is to the people. Got it. Similarly, the people also came from poor, deprived background. So they will look forward to him. So he was like a classical head of the family. He has to be very conscious or she has to be very conscious about herself or himself as a leader and the people below also have to give him respect. So he- even the use of word sir is there both for the customer as well as for the uh, boss because we have to fall in line with whatever instruction he has to finally give in case of emergency or things like that right so this whole culture is like a family culture with the head of the family being there which is slightly different from what is touted as a whatever egalitarian culture and that is useful in some contexts, but in this context we found that this kind of culture was very important and that's why the nurture and task leaders a leadership style which is supposed to be a very Indian way of managing uh, subordinates fitted very well. Great. So, to conclude this interview,
0: I want to kind of put uh, certain things into practice and this is not a fairy tale with the ending and they live happily ever after. And thank you, Shirish, for bringing out the essence in this case study as an organization design practitioner.
1: Yeah, thank you, Rajesh, and I hope this will help the organization design practitioners to understand how these whole things are connected and how organizations need to be designed to be in sync with the business strategy and the competitive advantage and many other subsystems of the business. Thank you for giving this opportunity. Thank you very much. Hope you
0: all enjoyed the first episode on the late Sajid Danani and his learnings, very well captured by Mr. Shirish Joshi. Personally, for me, it's been very insightful and something very, very original. And that's the endeavor of this business philosopher session. Our next episode is going to be again by an eminent speaker on organizational design. And I look forward to all of you attending it. And we want to keep these sessions, which brings out something very original from India. Of business philosophers who dared to do something different. Thank you very much.